the things that you decided that I don't like that I will be like this. All those things is you positioning yourself in a certain way. Hello and welcome to the Love Key Church podcast where we share our church's message of the week. My name is Heinz Winkler and together with my wife, children and our leadership team, we host Love Key Church here in Somerset West, online and on this podcast. It is our mission to help you to encounter God, align with His purposes, reign in life and help others to do the same. We trust that you will find this message empowering, encouraging and inspiring. Please share it with your friends and family and write a review for us. And a huge thank you goes out to those who have already done so. May you be thoroughly blessed as you listen to this message. Today, we are continuing with this word that I believe God gave us for the year, which is fruit. Last week, I introduced to you that we are talking about this theme, this word fruit. And it has so many different aspects, and I'm excited to see what God is going to still reveal and what we're still going to talk about. Um, Last week, I shared with you a message called Be Fruitful and Multiply, and it was a message about how we saw that God put in place from the beginning His original plan for mankind, and that His plan has not changed. He created us in his image and likeness and he blessed us and he commanded us to be fruitful and to multiply. And he wanted us to be his image bearers, his imagers, and to make more like us. That was the command. And he gave us the ability to do that. Do you believe that? Amen. Now, sin came into the world, caused a divide between man and God. But the gracious, loving Father in heaven, he loved the world so much that he gave his only son to be the ultimate sacrificial lamb for all time, once and for all. Jesus, who according to the scriptures is, like we saw last week, the express image of God. We saw so beautifully how this comes up in the New Testament over and over and over again, that Jesus is this image, this likeness of God that we were supposed to be, and that through him we have access again to be that, to be that image of God, and then be fruitful and multiply. Amen? If you missed that, please go and listen to that and catch up. Today, we are continuing with the same theme with a message called Positioned to Produce. Positioned to Produce. No applause. All right. No worries. Uh, I'm kidding. You don't have to applause the title. Um, Positioned to Produce. I'm excited to share this with you. And I believe God is going to show us some powerful truths that will change our lives in this day. Amen. Are you expecting that God's word will change you for the better? Anyone? All right, good. So I want to ask a question. How many of you have ever had this experience? You were at the right place, at the right time, and something amazing happened. Anyone? Right place, right time, something amazing happened. Glory to God. Have any of you been at the wrong place at the right time? This could be just an appointment, like anything simple. Right place, but the wrong time. Like you were supposed to fly at two, you arrive at four. I thought my departure time was my, (laughs) or, or, or my landing time was my departure time. It happens. Anyone been at the wrong place at the wrong time? (laughs) This also happens sometimes. Anyone been at the right place, but at the wrong time? 
Yes? Okay. I'm not the only one. So these things happen. Now, just from that simple example, how many of you know that where and when you position yourself by choice has an impact on the outcome of things? Where you position yourself by choice has an impact on the outcome of things. Do you believe that? Do you agree with me? So your position determines what you will produce. Your position will determine what you produce. Therefore, your position matters. Do you guys believe that? That your position, where you position yourself matters. Amen? All right. Now, where are you positioned? As you're sitting here right today. We, all of us are currently positioned in some way. And it's physical, it's emotional, and it's spiritual. We're all positioned in those areas. The emotional and the spiritual would typically speak to the positioning of your mind, how your mind is set. In other words, a mindset. So the, even the mindsets that you have, the preconceived ideas that you have, the cultural beliefs that you grow, grew up with, the things that you decided that I don't like that, I will be like this, all those things is you positioning yourself in a certain way. Do you believe that? And it's set, right? It is set in a certain way. The emotional and spiritual would cause this. So I want you to think of a, any kind of system or place where people are operating together with specific roles, like a school. Think of a school, how it operates. Think of your workplace. Think of the sport field, any kind of sport where there's a team involved, a choir, an orchestra, uh, the crew on an airplane. In all these scenarios, different people have different positions fulfilling different roles. Would you agree? Each position has to produce the correct corresponding contribution for the respective systems they're operating in to function properly or to succeed in its purpose. Would you agree with that? Or were those too many big words at once? For, for the systems to work, the people have to do their jobs. Okay? When one or more people are either out of their given position, in other words, absent, or they are in the wrong position, they are out of order. When they are out of order, the whole suffers and chaos ensues. Chaos is the opposite of order. Would you agree? All right, so imagine in the school situation, the student teaching the teacher. Some of you students think you should be doing that, I know, but... That's normally not the order of things. Imagine a scrum half, imagine Fuff, playing inside prop in the scrum. Just ima imagine that. Imagine there's a soccer match, but there's no goalie. This would be a problem. Imagine the timpani player is on the violin, but he has no idea what he's doing. Imagine the CEO of a company is serving food in the cafeteria. And imagine the stewardess on the plane decides, today I'm going to fly. In order for something to, functional, to function optimally, order is needed. The order needed to make a thing work in order is determined by the creator of the thing. 
A desired outcome can only be achieved when the right moving parts each does its part particularly perfect. I like alliteration, as you can see. If each part has to do their part particularly perfectly for it to work. Each one of us is positioned physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Right now, as you sit here, you are positioned for something. You are producing something from that position. Would you agree? I am standing here physically. I am physically positioned on this stage. You are physically positioned in your chair. And I am emotionally and spiritually positioned and focused to communicate the word of God to you today. I have prepared, I have prayed, I have meditated so that I can be in this position spiritually and mentally. But I've also positioned myself out of my bed and my pajamas and put on some presentable clothes in order to position myself on the stage to talk to you. How many of you know if I was still positioned in my bed, in my pajamas, I wouldn't be able to do this? Maybe, maybe I should have gone, I'm going to live stream from my bed this, this today. <laughs> Sit there with my phone, my PJs with a coffee. But I'm positioned to do that. Each of you have chosen to position yourself here today, physically. Well done. Praise God that you are here. You are here and you are able to tune into this message. You are able to hear the frequency of my voice. Your physical ear and the parts inside your ear are telling your brain these airwaves that are coming through, these sound waves, I'm translating it in my brain into understandable words, hopefully so. But you still have a choice. You chose to sit here, but you still have a choice to receive it spiritually, to receive it emotionally. If you have an emotion, maybe against me or my wife or this church, then you might not be able to receive. If you are spiritually not tuned in, you're thinking of something else, you might not receive the word. How are you positioned? How are you positioned? Some people chose to not be here physically today. Some chose, maybe they have a good reason, maybe they don't have a good reason. And some of you um, may, may be positioned to receive and you are so hungry for God and some not. The way you are positioned will determine what is produced inside of you. Amen? Where and how each of us position ourselves will determine what our lives will produce. And the question today for each of us is how do you choose to position yourself in terms of God? How do you choose to position yourself? We're going to go to the word of God in Psalm 1 from verse 1. Let's read together. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not. Everybody say not. Who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. How shall this person be? He shall be like a tree 
planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit. Everybody say fruit. In its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does, everyone say whatever. Whatever he does shall prosper. I looked up that word in the Hebrew. It says whatever. Who is not like the blessed man? The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff, which chaff, chaff? I always forget that one. Chaff is when you chaff someone, but <laughs> chaff is the stuff, yeah, okay. <laughs> the ungodly who like to chaff are not so, but are like the chaff, which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Their position is not there. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Let's read the confirmation of this in another book from the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 17, from verse 5 to 9. See how this, remember that picture I showed you a couple of weeks ago about this beautiful thing of how 64,000 different references between books of the Bible there are and how that's, that in its own is so miraculous. This is one of those cases. Jeremiah 17 from verse 5. Thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man. Now that's a whole sermon on its own. Who do you fear? Do you fear God or do you fear man? How do you make your decisions? How do you position yourself in the fear of man or the fear of God? Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes his flesh, his strength. I rely on me. I rely on my own strength. I rely on my own ways. Whose heart departs, is not connected to, it departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land which is not inhabited. Now listen in contrast. Blessed. So the one is cursed, but the next man is blessed, is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spread out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. Everybody say fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? What does the world say? Just follow your heart. Just be happy. The Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things. I read that in the Hebrew as well. It says all things. It's amazing. The heart is deceitful above all things. Just follow your heart. No, don't. Unless your heart is positioned with God. Amen? Where's your heart positioned? Because that is what it will produce. John 15, let's jump to the New Testament. I'm going to read verse eight to, 1 to 8 and then verse 16 to 17. I want to read the whole chapter to you, but I'm going to try and focus. Jesus, our Messiah, is lovingly speaking to his disciples. And he says, I am the true vine. 
And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, everyone say bear fruit. He, my father, the vine dresser, takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, everyone say bears fruit, he, my father, prunes that it may bear more fruit. Everybody say more fruit. Now, you should be able to camp and meditate on that, just that sentence for days and let it just change your life. Then Jesus says to his disciples, you are already clean because of the word which I, which is the word, the bread of life, the light of the world, have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch, which is you, cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. And again Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches. He who chooses to listen to what I just said and abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Everyone say much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burnt. And then he goes on to give a middle ground of when it's sort of kind of like that. Oh no, wait, he doesn't. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. How many of you remember so many times I've said to us, if then, if then. Do you see how many times Jesus says if and then there's a consequence? If you are positioned, grafted in me, then. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you ask whatever you desire. Remember the heart is deceitful above all. But if the heart is renewed and in Christ and filled with the words of Jesus, then you're gonna pray Jesus' words and the Father will do it, amen? But this, my, by this, in other words, by you abiding in me and my words abiding in you and you praying those words, my Father is glorified 
that you bear much fruit. Everyone say much fruit. So that you will be my disciples. So you will be my disciples. Bearing much fruit is connected to being a disciple of Jesus. You did not choose me. I chose Jesus. Did you really? He chose you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. Everyone say, bear fruit. I appointed you to bear fruit. This is your commission. Be fruitful and multiply. Can you see the connection? It has not changed. Come on, at least two of you look like you're getting this. All right. And that your fruit should remain. In other words, not go anywhere. That whatever you ask the Father, here he goes again. He says, whatever we ask, whatever we ask the Father, in Jesus' name, in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. Yo, can we just praise God for his powerful word? Did you notice the language in Psalm 1, Jeremiah 17, and John 15? Did you see how important the position you take up is? It's a position that is, it only happens by choice. A choice to surrender, a choice to lay down, a choice to say yes to the ways of Jesus and no to the ways of the world and the ways of my own flesh. The guy described in Psalm 1 that the one who is blessed, the psalm writer does a, a negative statement. He says, someone who is blessed is not like this. And he says, three positions. He is not in the counsel of the ungodly. In other words, he doesn't hang around with people whose opinions on how to do life doesn't line up with God. In other words, it's ungodly. Because you will become like the five to 10 people you hang out with the most. This is proven. The narrative that comes out of their mouths and the culture that is shared in their homes around the bri will become yours if that is the people you hang around with most. You think you influence them, but they are actually influencing you. If you are not careful and strong, if you don't spend more time with God and more time with the godly, you will not influence the ungodly. It says he does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. He doesn't go there. It's not where he is positioned. Secondly, a blessed man doesn't stand in the path of sinners. In other words, the way that sinners go, he doesn't stand there. He doesn't remain there. And thirdly, he doesn't sit with the scornful. Who are the scornful? It's these people who are just bitter and hateful and criticizing and all that comes out of their mouth is negative. And they just have everything to say about everyone else, but they've achieved nothing. They are not even in the theater but they want to tell everyone how to do things. 
The opposite of, of uh, walking with the counsel of the ungodly, standing in the path of sinners and sitting in the seat of the scornful, the opposite of that is to delight in the law of the Lord and to meditate on his word day and night. And then there's a promise. If then, if you are the man who delights in the word of God, you shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water. What is a tree? He is positioned. Have you seen a willow tree? It's always near a water source. It is an evergreen. And it's always near a water source. That is why our boy, our oldest boy is called Leon. It means willow tree. And the, the, the verse over his life is Jeremiah 17. He's planted like a tree by the river. He will never fear in the year of drought and will bear much fruit. Fruit follows the position. You will bear fruit. The question is what kind of fruit? The kind of fruit that will please God or the kind of fruit that will please the world? So powerful these verses, so powerful. And he's contrasting two things with no middle ground. All three passages gives us the godly and the ungodly with nothing in between. What is the world trying to do to the church? It's trying to make us choose a middle gray area. I'm kind of a believer. I'm kind of a Christian. You know, I will, I'm still drinking too much. I'm still smoking too much. I'm still sleeping around. But yeah, you know, if, you have to, if I have to put a pen to paper, I'm a Christian. Because this is how I grew up, you know. That's not a Christian. The, so many people don't even want to use the word Christian anymore because it's completely removed from what the Bible says. It's become culturally acceptable to be a certain way. And it's not God's will. What is the fruit of your life? You will be known by the fruit. What are you positioned to produce? Jesus is very clear to his disciples in John 15. He says to them, every, that includes everyone, branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. All right, so let's just take this logically. Jesus says every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit will be taken away. And further down in that passage, it confirms that same point. It says it will be cut off, then it will dry out and be withered and be burnt. So how many of you know that that branch is in Jesus? All right? Once upon a time, long, long ago, I said, yes, I'll follow Jesus. I'm in the, I'm in the vine. I'm a branch. But I'm not bearing fruit. What does Jesus say will happen? Not me, not my opinion. What does the word say? You'll be? Snap, snap. Da, da, da. Some men who has vasectomies are worried now. It's different. Do, do you see any language that shows a middle ground? If you don't bear fruit, you'll be taken away. If you bear fruit, you will be pruned. How many of you love gardening? And know what <clears throat> pruning means. Why do you prune? Exactly what Jesus says. So that you will bear more fruit. How many of you know that pruning hurts? You are cutting. How many of you know that being taken away also hurts? Being taken away hurts, but 
pruning also hurts, but pruning is for a greater purpose. It is the discipline of your Father in heaven who is saying that you have now given your life to me, you are grafted in Jesus, you are getting the nourishment from the vine into the branch, but the fruit that you are bearing is not as much as it should be. I'm gonna prune a bit. This needs to be taken away. This needs to be taken away. It's still part of the old self. It still comes from where I've taken you out. I've taken you out from a wild, some kind of wild vine, and I've surplanted you. I grafted you in to Jesus. And now you're in, the, in him. And now that you're in him, you can be fed and nourished. But every now and again, my son, my daughter, I love you so much. I want you to bear more fruit. Therefore, I will prune you. Things that you think is part of who you are, things that you think should be in your life, I'm telling you, it should not be in your life. And when, it, when I cut it off, it might hurt. When I cut it off, you might be offended. You might be irritated. You might be frustrated. But it's for your benefit to bear much fruit. You see, you can be a Christian who bears a little fruit or you can be a Christian who bears much fruit. But what you don't wanna be is a Christian who bears no fruit because then you'll be snip, snip. Some people, that's all you're gonna remember from today. (laughs) Snip, snip. I wanna show you a picture of our position in Christ. Can you see that what Jesus describes is that God the Father is the vine dresser, the farmer. The old English translation says the husbandsman. So beautiful. He's the vine dresser. Jesus is the vine. And we are the branches. And what the picture that I see is this beautiful protection, this enclosure, this covering that we get. Can you see that? That the Father gives us. The Father takes care of the whole vineyard. Jesus is the vine, and we are the branches that that get that from him. So please notice that as a born again, saved Jesus follower, this is supposed to be your position, your default status, so to speak. As a born again believer, you are in Jesus and Jesus is in the Father. If you've seen him, you've seen the Father. Being in Jesus unequivocally implies wholehearted obedience to the Father. One cannot say you are a Christian and not fear God, not trust God, and not love God. It cannot coexist. A person truly positioned in Jesus will produce the holy fear of the Lord a trust that goes beyond understanding and a love for God that is wholehearted and passionate and unmovable. Amen? Such a person will love God, will love what God loves and hate what God hates. Do you love what God loves? Do you hate what God hates? How are you positioned and what are you producing? I made a list of words starting with the letter P because we are positioned to produce and I'm passionate about alliteration which doesn't start with a P but it would have been nice. But there's there's, there's these words that come out of these passages that I want you to remember today. 
I want you to see them as fruit of a life connected to Jesus. A life that is positioned not with the ungodly, but with God and the godly. Amen? The first fruit is pursuit. What do I mean by this? The pursuit of God, the pursuit of relationship. It is what Jesus says is abide. What does abide mean from John 15? It means to remain continually. Not one day here, one day there, one Sunday here. Not a CEO Christian, you know, Christmas and Easter only. But a Christian who's completely sold out, you cannot wait to spend time with God. You cannot wait to go to the gathering of the saints. You cannot wait to be at Connect. You cannot wait to be on the serving team because I'm doing this for Jesus. A pursuit of the presence and of God. A persistent pursuit to spend time with God and to be busy with the things of his kingdom. Secondly, the fruit when you are positioned in Jesus that you should be producing is prayer. Prayer is part of this pursuit that you should have. The expression, the way that you communicate to Jesus the vine and the Father, the the vine dresser, is in your prayer life, which is a intimate way of communication we get to have with the creator God. It's so beautiful, it's so powerful, amen? Thirdly, when we are positioned in Christ, it should produce praise. It should produce praise for God, for how good he is, for how amazing he is. What should be coming out of our mouth is how good a God is. Others should hear how good God is. Praise and worship is not just singing a praise and worship song. It is a lifestyle. It is a way that we are. It is the way that we function. We praise God and others know it. If God blesses me, I say, praise God. If God is busy with me, pruning me, I say, praise God. Amen? And it's a, it's a frequency of my life. Remember the word that God gave us two years ago, frequency. Part of that is that we create a frequency of praise all the time. That is a fruit that should be on your life when you're positioned in Jesus. Fourthly, if we are positioned in Christ, we should produce a godly passion a passion for Jesus. But more than that, the big thing that Jesus talks about here is a love for him and a love for others. In John 1, sorry, in 1 John 4, and well, actually the whole book of 1 John, there's such a massive contrast that John makes between people who say they love God, but they don't love people. He says, you are a liar. You cannot Call yourself a believer of God and you hate people. The two cannot coexist. And I know this is hard. Loving people doesn't mean to agree with them at all. Example, how many of the husbands here agree with their wives all the time? But you love her, right? Love doesn't mean agreement. The world will try to tell you that at the moment, but it's not. You don't agree with me, you hate me. No, I don't. I love you, but the truth remains. So love doesn't mean agreement. Love means I am passionately praying for your soul. I am loving you with the love of Jesus. 
You may not be like me. You may not think like me. You may not look like me. You may irritate me and frustrate me in my flesh, but I will choose to love you. You may be my enemy, but I choose to love you because that's what Jesus has told me I'm supposed to be. And he's given me the supernatural strength and ability to do that. So I'm positioned to produce a passionate love for God and a passionate love for others. Amen? Some of you, is it landing? Is it meaning something? Good. Fifth, this position that should produce in my life, I'm going to use the word permission. Permission covers obedience and authority. If I am positioned in Christ, I choose to obey Him and Him alone. He is the first in my life. Everything else comes second. If I'm a Christian, God is first, my wife and my marriage is second. My work is definitely not at the same level. My car, my money, my investments, nothing comes close to or is more than God. If it is, then I'm not not positioned correctly according to the word of God. If I'm positioned in Christ, I will, the fruit of my life will be obedience to the word of God. The fruit of my life will be that I walk in the authority that God has given me. What does Jesus say? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you ask whatever you, and whatever you ask will be done for you. So in other words, if I am filled with the presence of God, when I have spend time with him when I know the heart of the father I can pray with boldness and I can know that something will change that is authority that is delegated authority why because God has said that we are to be fruitful and multiply that is delegation of authority go be more go lead others to me go find more branches that can be plugged into the vine Are you hearing me, church? So we have to be obedient and we have to walk in authority. This is fruit, the fruit of permission. We have permission from God to go and be disciples for his kingdom. Then we have purity. Positioned in Christ should produce in us holiness. The Bible says more than once, be holy for I am holy. Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Why would the Bible teach that if it's impossible? Do you believe it's possible to live a holy life? Nehemiah is not the means. Some of you are new to this church, but we have taught people before that in this church, when someone asks you, hey, how are you doing? Not allowed to say, can't complain. We don't say that because we don't compare our lives to the negative. I'm glorious because my God lives. And it's not about being delusional. With the people that are close and real, we'll be real. But I know who I am and I know where I am positioned. Amen? And therefore I declare the goodness of the Lord. But when I am in him, okay, let me put it this way. Is Jesus holy? Is he the vine? Are you the branch? 
When holiness flows from the vine into the branch, what should be happening? The nutrients and the food, the water coming from the branch into the vine, is it possible for a branch to be grafted into a vine and then produce thorns? It should not be. So if you are, then you're not grafted in. Or if you are grafted in, you're a rebellious branch that wants to do things your way, which is not God's will. We are called to purity and holiness in Him. He is a holy God. He is a holy God. He is a pure God. He is a righteous God. And we are called to be a holy church. For which kind of bride does the Bible say is Jesus returning? Thank you. A pure bride. Without spot or wrinkle. Horokie is gestrijk. What, what does the bride of Christ look like at the moment? Do you think? Let me, okay, let me, let me make it even more difficult. How many of you are part of the bride of Christ? And the men have to put up their hands with a lot of confidence. I am the bride of Christ. How many of you are part of the bride of Christ? Come on. Okay. Are you without spot or wrinkle? Can you... As a part of the bride of Christ, make a difference to the whole. Each of us have to abide, have to remain continually in Christ. We have to position ourselves so that we will produce holiness. It's easy to go like, yo, that church and that Christian and they say this and they But how's it going here? How's it going here? How's it going with your commitment to Christ? How's it going with your prayer life? How's it going with your praise life? How's it going with your church attendance? And that's not a legalistic question. Out of the abundance of your heart, you should want to be here. No one should force you to come here. Every Sunday I say what I say as an invitation. You get to be part of something. Do you want to be a pure bride? So what are you going to do about it? And lastly, the last P is protection. The fruit of someone who's positioned in the vine is protection. And by this I mean part of the fruit of our life is that we are aware of and practicing spiritual warfare. We understand that there is a spiritual realm. We understand that our battle is not against flesh and blood. That's why I can love my neighbor and my enemy. Because I know that my battle is not against that person. It's against a spirit that's operating inside that person. Amen? So we have a different perspective as children of God. And we are able to protect ourselves, our marriages, our families, the people in our lives that are precious to us, the church that we are in, the leaders that we have through prayer and through 
praise and through understanding spiritual warfare, we can be positioned and produce protection for our loved ones. And it goes further than that. It goes to the nation. How many of you are praying for the nation? It goes to the situation in Israel. How many of you are praying for that? We have been given, once again, and this ties up with permission, we have authority to change the status quo through prayer if we are positioned, if we are in the presence of God, if we are in the vine, if we are completely and wholeheartedly sold out to follow Jesus. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Key Church podcast message of the week. I trust that you had a life-changing encounter with God that will help you to align with His purposes so that you can be one step closer to reigning in life. And may you be inspired to share this with others. Have a great week and remember to listen again next week or you can catch us live online or come visit us in person. May God bless you and keep you. Make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you and your loved ones. God bless you. Bye-bye.